Tuesday, Vayetze Shir 87, so we were discussing last night that even though they didn't do Znus, Ruvain and the children of Eli, but since they were conceptually, it was connected to Znus, that's why it's referred to as Znus. But the problem is, it's interesting, why would the Torah do that? It's a very extreme expression to use for an Avera that's only related in logic to Znus. But truthfully, there's another example of this. That the Baruch told Moshe and Aaron, Yan lehemantem bi lehaktisheni. You didn't believe in me to be maktishmi in front of Klal Yisrael. And therefore, you can't bring Klal Yisrael to Yisrael. Now, whatever that Avera was, whether the Avera was that they hit the rock instead of speaking to it, or some other negligible Avera, but we don't see any possibility to accuse Moshe and Aaron of not believing. Where do you see a lack of amuna? Yet, the Torah accuses them of that. Why? Because in a very remote way, hitting Iraq was an unnecessary action which demonstrated a very small amount of weakness and the Rebbein Shalom's promise that the rock would give water when they spoke to him, when they spoke to it. And if, there, if a person knows the Rebbein Shalom Panam al Panam like Meshavenu, still we accuse him of missing an Amuna, which is the worst of all accusations. To say a person doesn't have Amuna is a terrible thing. So if we could do that to Meshavenu, it's not so gefarlach. If Ruvain and the Bnei were accused of Znus, which is not what they did, but conceptually it's what they did. So even though technically it's not what they did, Lamaisa, but the Torah could accuse them of that, because that's what Torah does, to demonstrate the perfection. Perfection is necessary. Now what did Ruvain want when he moved around the beds? The purpose was that the family of the Avis, their chief goal was to create a nation that knows their Bainishla. And they were they worked very hard to achieve that. And therefore the wives uh, were in battle to try to have the greater shear in the future nation. Like you see the rivalry between Rachel and Leah. Ruvain was making a machah on behalf of his mother Leah. And you see, he brought, because he already helped out his mother when he brought the dudayim from the field. So in this case, he was continuing that plan of helping his mother have a greater shear in the future Klai Yisrael. Even though they knew already there were 12 Shratim. But I guess to be with Yaakov closer is more of an accomplishment. That, that was Ruvain's intention. So that's what the Gemara in Shabbos says on Daphne Hey. Anyone that says Ruvain did Naveira is making a mistake. And the same thing with the Bnei Eli. They're big tummy Dechamim. The reason why they didn't bring the Karbonis of the women is because they were learning. You think they were sitting and relaxing on the beach? No. They were learning. 
and their wives also were women of great tzidkis. Like the Pasuk says, the wife of Pinchas was pregnant, and when she heard that the Aaron was taken, was captured by the Pushtim, and that her father-in-law and her husband died, she gave birth, and as she was dying, the women told her, you have a son. But she didn't reply because she called the son E-Kavit, because the Aaron of Kla Yisrael had been taken. Now really, a normal person would have had would have uh, thought about the tragedy of Rahman al-Sana, her husband being nifter, or her being nifter, or her father-in-law being nifter. That's not what she was busy with. The main focus was the iron. So you see the chashivas of such a woman, obviously her husband was a tremendous tzaddik. So to think that the Bnei Eli committed any Avera would be a terrible mistake. And... Another interesting example, again, Avigdor Miller over here is trying to re, reconstruct the way we're supposed to view Klai Yisrael. And he said, by the three centuries of the Shaiftim seemed to be a time of lawlessness. The Pasuk says, in those days, there, were Mehem, there was no Melech Yisrael. Each person did what he considered right in his eyes. So it sounds like everyone was doing what they wanted. It sounds like it was a, a free-for-all. So Vigna Miller explains it's a mistake. He said, if it was lawlessness, so why did Shmuel and Avi give Klai Yisrael Musser that they wanted to have a king? Shmuel, they, the Rabbani said that they rejected the Rabbani when they wanted to have a king. If the period of the Shaiftim were so lawless, and everybody's doing what they wanted, so of course they need a king. The proper way to fix it is by having a king. What does it mean? So of course they weren't, it wasn't a free-for-all. When the Pasuk says, Isha Yashimein of Yasa, it means like this. The Gemara of Adizara calls Sefer Shaiftim the Sefer of Tzidkis. Because each person did what was right, what was right in his eyes, and if it means everyone did what they wanted, then you can't call it the safer of of, of Yashur. So safer Yashur can't call it safer Yashur. That, that's the Gemara in Vayetzar called safer Yashur. So obviously, when we're saying each person did what was right in his eyes, for carrot, it's a Mila that they had such greatness that every nation needs a king to maintain law and order. And uh, the power of a king is very useful, but there's risk, because if you have a wicked king, he could do harm. The wickedness of the later kings caused the destruction of the base of Mikdash. So self-government is really much better. And if it would have worked, it would have been the ideal state for Klal Yisrael. And you see that Shmuel was very reluctant to allow them to go from self-rule to monarchy to a king. And Shmuel himself wrote in Sefer Shaiftim when he came to the story of Pesel Micha or Pilagesh Begiva, the two terrible tragedies in Kalei, so there was Nus. Shmuel felt that Shmuel wrote Sefer Shaiftim. 
he felt the need to explain how did such a thing take place. And he said, since it was a government, there was no government, so every person ruled on his own. So Mela, that's how such a thing could take place. And this is the same Shmuel who approved of this system and was very upset when people wanted to change it and get a king. So you see, Ishi Yeshebein of Yasa is not an accusation. It's an explanation of the greatness of Kalaisal that a king was unnecessary. And therefore, there were very few unfortunate incidents that took place because of the freedom of Kala Yisrael. And there's, it was a for a period of three centuries to consider these small amount of Averis is really negligible. And therefore, even though they did do Averis, Pesel Micho was an example, even though they did do Averis, but compared to the amount of time that it existed, 300 years in the entire Kalal Yisrael, the only story that came up was Pesel Micho. And the story of Pelagash teaches us the greatness of Kalal Yisrael and how Kalal Yisrael, when it says Ish Kalal Yisrael, Yasef, it means Amayla, the Kalal Yisrael, was able to self-govern and they didn't need a king to oversee what was going on.